Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Gore Animal cruelty Human suffering Death Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Look, you don't understand, officer. It's prescription mummy. I'm Adam. Ooh, mummy. Give me some of that honey. I'm Kelly. Mummies are stolen! I have some more. Oh, how many times are you going to introduce this show? A few. There are a bunch of dead people. Well, that's a wrap. I'm Andy. You're fired. <laughs> Get your browns their brownest with mummies. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about mummies. Me mummy. Mm-hmm. This one's a, a special episode for me because uh, Caustic Soda had talked about doing a mummies episode for a while, but they uh, never got around to it before they stopped broadcasting. So we're going to do it ourselves. I thought you were going to say because you were secretly a mummy. <laughs> Don't <laughs> give away my secrets. I'm a no tip. Mummy's alive. <laughs> no, not mummy's alive. <laughs> <laughs> An historical document. Mummies alive. <laughs> so mummy comes from Arabic mummia, meaning an embalmed body. Mabra. In the 1400s, mummy meant a medicinal substance prepared from mummy tissue. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Gross. Mm, yummy mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. You'll stamp. The closest phobia is necrophobia, fear of dead things, from Greek nekros, meaning dead. Sure, I'll buy that. And according to Wikipedia, the holder of all knowledge, a mummy is a corpse that does not decay any further as long as it stays in the same conditions. So this can be done with chemicals, extreme cold, low humidity, or lack of air. I've heard all this. Yes. <laughs> space mummies. Yep, yes, that'll work. Three, get your grays. <laughs> so we're on to our acid pop quiz. True or false? The Egyptians came up with the idea of mummification. No. False. Yeah, I'm going to say it's older than that. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is false. This does happen naturally, which is one of the best sources for anthropological science, but many cultures have independently come up with the idea of mummification, though most of those were in dry and or cold places, suggesting that if your bodies keep drying out, just turn it into a tradition. <laughs> turn it into jerky. Why even try? The oldest intentional mummies were discovered in Fallon, Nevada, what? and were from around seven thousand bce really mm-hmm. fast for us <laughs> i've been there i didn't see any mummies <laughs> yeah no pyramids i think it was a pretty i don't remember but i think it was a pretty recent discovery like 2010 that's awesome next time i go to fallon i'm bringing a shovel <laughs> nobody goes to fallon <laughs> yeah that's because that's they so haven't long. heard about the mummies intentionally <laughs> true or false you can be mummified today Oh, I'd say true. I'd- you mean like I could pay for the service? Yeah, let's go uh-huh. for it. Sure. I, don't, I mean, I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah, I could already pay somebody to 
bogusly freeze me for an undetermined amount of time. Maybe that counts. I mean, it's your body not (laughs) decaying any further. I guess that's true. So yeah, this is true. Uh, This is one of the many weird stories we'll discuss today about mummies. In 1975, Claude Noel had a vision from advanced beings that caused him to form his own religion slash philosophy. He called it Sumum. And Sumum has particularly open-ended tenets such as nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. I guess that's true on Uh, an atomic level. And they are currently the only place to go in modern times if you want yourself or your pet to be mummified. That's the only service? I can mummify Uh, my own pet. (laughs) Thank you. Get over here, guys. That feels like that runs counter to their tenets. Like, everything moves, nothing rests. Let's turn you into an undecaying corpse. (laughs) Completely static body. (laughs) Yeah. So I assume that the mummification, which uh, can run about $65,000 for a human, are the main source of money for this religion. So you can rest assured that you don't need to convert to be mummified. You just have to shell out the dough. Wait, can you guys just wrap me in bandages and like salt cure me? Like before <laughs> I die? I think that would work. Then we got to scoop out the goop first, but yeah, we can get to it. I ain't got no goop. We'll just put some of those <laughs> Orbeez in him. Yeah. yeah. F- fill me full of bubba. <laughs> <laughs> So we're on to our fill in the blank. How long did the Egyptian practice of mummification take? 15 days. A fortnight. That's 14 days. Gotcha. I feel like you have to move fast because the body's decaying. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure you get to a certain point where it slows down. But it's a ritual at that point. Come on. Yeah. I'm going to say three days. Hmm. The correct answer is 70 days. Whoa. I win. Yeah. Most of that is just waiting around for, oh, yeah, and I forgot, I'm going to, I'm apparently very bad at typing the word mummy, so (laughs) I'm going to try and say out loud how I typed mummy every time I misspelled in here. So most of that time is just waiting around while the hummy chills out in a tub of salt so it can get nice and dry. Not my hummy. (laughs) I think that corpse will give me a hummy. (laughs) So if you rolled out the linens from a mummy, how long would they be? It's like your intestines would stretch so many miles sort mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two football fields. 100 yards. So which it's is one a football, football field. field. <laughs> <laughs> um, a mile. Mm. Well, one mummy was found to have over 9,000 feet or 2,700 meters of linen wrapped around it. So is Kelly yard? is the closest without going over. Damn it. Woo. Made it a little more than halfway. This next one's kind of a long one. A site full of mummies was discovered in the Tarim Basin in China from about 1800 BCE. These mummies seem to be part of a monument to what? The first emperor, the one that arrived on a cart full of fish. <laughs> uh, the big wall. <laughs> monument to the wall that is its own monument. <laughs> Some cool dragon. Hmm. So this story is, I think, a good illustration of how boring archaeologists can be. (laughs) So the site was discovered in 1934, then lost, then rediscovered in 2000. What? (laughs) Where'd we put that? (laughs) So basically, it's way on the middle of a desert, and a guy wandered out and found it, and then he came back, and then he couldn't find it again. Oh, dude. (laughs) Left, then right, then right, then left? (laughs) So the site itself is covered in tall poles, and many of the mummies are in what look like wooden boats. Archaeologists were trying to make a connection, like, maybe these were, like, 
fishermen and the poles represent spears. What? But then there was the fact that the site was filled with small rods that had a kind of bulb on the top. Uh, plus, huh. the statues had two bulges on the front at the top and two lower down on the back. And after a while, they realized that this was just one big sex monument. Yeah, it's <laughs> no. balls. It's balls. <laughs> yeah. And he got it. <laughs> Every pole was a penis, and the wooden boats were like <laughs> giant vulvas. Uh, the, the land where every pole is a penis. <laughs> America. <laughs> That's all weird, but the weirdest thing is that a good portion of these mummies were from Western Europe, so no one's super sure how they got to uh, Eastern China or why they ended up in a sex diorama. <laughs> sex cults! Quite a quite a night for them. <laughs> Everybody get in these boats. And now... Now a disrobe. Time to see how close we were paying attention. For our terms, what is mummia? That's that medicine. That's the, yeah, it's the medicine. That's what I think, too. Yeah, good. I just wanted an excuse to talk about this a little more. <laughs> what I think as well. So this is kind of a crazy story, unless you're a longtime listener and have encountered how dumb humanity can be. <laughs> so in 800 CE, Arabic physicians would prescribe mummia for cuts, bruises, and bone fractures. Mummia was a black bitumen from a mountain in Persia. Picture tar. That's pretty much what it was. Probably a great placebo, but garbage is actual medicine. Well, tarred up. <laughs> in the 1300s, some crusaders going through Persia used mummia, and they thought it was great. They told all their friends in Europe about it, and orders for mummia came rolling in. Now, Persia couldn't make enough of the stuff to meet demand, but some Latin scholars noticed that mummies were waterproofed with something that looked a lot like mummia. <laughs> a few hundred years and hucksters later, mummia was ground up mummies, and it could cure anything. The demand for mummia was so high that people started jerkifying new bodies and grinding them up to make fake mummia, which was already fake. To make a jerk corpse. Yeah. Actually, shout out to Sawbones because they talk about heads being like the most important. Yeah. Yeah. So the last instance of mummia was a fake of a fake that didn't work in the first place. So next, what is mummy brown? It's the a new Crayola color. It's a dye they made by crushing up uh, mummy wrappings. <laughs> I believe that Adam is correct, that it's paint made from mummies. Yep, you guys got it. Yeah. So after people realized powdering dead bodies wasn't a great idea for a medicine, mummy powder saw a revival when it was mixed into paint to create a rich, vibrant uh, <laughs> brown. Why? Mummy brown. You've never seen a brown as brown as this. No, we can get browns in many other ways. There's a lot of clay in the... Uh, oh, yeah. wait, no, mummies. Have you looked at the dirt? And we're going to look at a picture that was made almost entirely with mummy brown. Ooh. Well, let's disrespect the dead with I, mummy brown. I hope they painted a mummy with it. Could you imagine how haunted your house would be after you oh painted it with mummy brown? Because it's going to be multiple mummies. I painted my house with mummy brown and Vanta black. <laughs> Tobin's spirit guy is going to have an entry just no, for that, your house. That is haunted. Oh yeah, that's super haunted. Those women also look very uninterested in what we're doing. Like she, she's. <sighs> that's a scary child. <laughs> if we keep looking at this, like handprints are going to press out from your screen. <laughs> Death stranding. <laughs> That's what happened. 
There was a Terry Pratchett book where a woman decorated her house entirely in brown. And there was a long paragraph where somebody was describing a painting in the house that was like a brown forest on a brown field underneath what defied meteorological conditions, a brown sky. And it's like, <laughs> that's what this picture makes me think of. It's just everything brown. Except for the red. Yep. I have a brown house with a brown window. <laughs> <laughs> So next, what is incorruptibility? Me. <laughs> a, a beacon of hope. A very lame superpower. Oh, no, it's our President Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I think it's probably something to do with the preservation of the bodies. Like, that's what they were trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, kind no, of. I believe it's a mummy that can't decay because it's holy. Yeah, uh, that, that's a little closer. So according to some Catholic religions, sometimes a person is so holy that when they die, their body doesn't decompose. This attribute is a good point in your favor for becoming a saint. Welcome to relics. <laughs> what a one. So what was a mollified man? Oh, I've been mollified. Oh, he's got those uh those spices in him that you put in like apple cider or wine. He's <laughs> right. Oh, man, that'd be such a great smelling mummy. No, they've got those little dicky hands and those tiny little eyes. That's <laughs> <laughs> a mollified. Yeah, that, that star nose. Uh, a mollified man is is somebody who can play every role like Martin Mull. I'm going to trust you. So in our unethical medical experiments episode, I mentioned the honey mummy. And this is another name for that. This is the probably apophical story from Arabia where a dying man would start eating nothing but honey. Once he peed, pooped, and sweated nothing but pure honey, he would die. Yes, then, he would. Yeah. <laughs> then he'd be stuck in a casket and it would be filled to the brim with honey. Bees. Yeah. Seal that up and let it congeal for about a century. Crack it open to get a mellified man. The corpse-infused honey could be taken to cure damn near anything, huh? which worked about as well as mummia. I mean, but honey is actually good for some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Help you with your allergies, sore throat. It's like a, isn't it like antiseptic too, to a certain degree? Give you baby's botulism. I mean, besides the botulism. Yes. <laughs> I say, I don't think so because things grow in honey. Right? I thought things didn't grow in honey. Well, botulism sure as hell does. Except for botulism. Botulism does. <laughs> I don't think anything else. Do. Well- but, like, honey doesn't go bad. It's true that it doesn't go bad. <laughs> the only food that doesn't. Well, anything could be a food, Andy. <laughs> Rocks don't go bad. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would argue that when a rock goes bad, it turns into dirt. What <laughs> turns into food? <laughs> <laughs> There's minerals and vegetables, and therefore... <laughs> <laughs> we're doing great tonight folks we're all in love my brain <laughs> and that concludes our acid pop quiz what <laughs> so we're on to our stories so let's start today by what i think most people consider the standard for mummies egyptian mummies to start, you had to be really important to Egyptian society to be mummified. If you were prestigious enough, after you were dead, your body was cut open and all your organs were removed. Thank you. These were placed in jars. Each jar was roughly in the shape of a god and had designated organs. Hapi, the baboon-headed god, held on to your lungs. Dwamatef was a jackal-headed god and looked after your stomach. Wait, hold on. The lungs is a big fucking jar. 
Well, once you squeeze all the air out, they crumple yeah. down. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> so enough out of you, mummy. Imseti was a human-headed god and housed your liver. Finally, Quebesenuf was a falcon-headed god and got your intestines. What a lucky guy. The heart was left in the body as it was seen as the core part of a person. Not all this leftover gunk. Yeah. What is all this shit? All the other goop, including the brain, which was liquefied with a low-tech immersion blender, was discarded. It's just filler. Yeah. Then you were put in a salt bath for 70 days. (sighs) Apparently less than that and you might rot, but more than that and you'd be too hard to bend and fold into your (laughs) sarcophagus. Finally, you'd be wrapped good and tight in some linens, covered in pitch to keep the wet out, adorned with a mask, and put in your sarcophagus. And that's how the Egyptians do. And then your jealous stepson hides your tomb and (laughs) removes any mention of you from the uh, records. Can I just be adorned with a mask? Yeah. When I die, everybody, adorn me with a mask. You want each of us to adorn you with a different mask? (laughs) Whatever, Whatever mask you feel is appropriate. You're going to look ridiculous. Well, 15 masks. Look like that guy from Majora's Mask. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> as, as he was in life, as he is in death. <laughs> Some creepy peddler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? So next, fire mummies. Ooh. These mummies come from the Philippines, and they started being made sometime between 2000 BCE and 1500 CE. That's a wide range. Yeah, it's pretty big, but for reasons we'll get into, they haven't been examined too closely. The process of making these mimmies was unique (laughs) because it started before the person was dead. Let me start wrapping you. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, no, no, I just have a cold. (laughs) I'm feeling better. (laughs) They would down an incredibly salty drink to try and dry them from the inside out. After they died, they'd be set up and briefly set on fire to dry out their outsides. Ooh, crispy. (laughs) Yeah. Then tobacco smoke was pumped into their mouth until all their organs were dry. I can think of no other way to tell that this worked other than waiting for your corpse to fart smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Ready. At least they lit you on fire after you died of the salt poisoning. Yeah. The cracks in your burnt ass skin. <laughs> you wait for him to start billowing like a chimney. <laughs> for the last step, herbs were rubbed into the skin and the body was ready to go. Secret blend of herbs and spices. Delicious. They'd be set up in caves, I guess, since it's cool and dry in there. And that's all fine. But when Western civilization found out about them, they started being dicks in a very European way. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need those mummies. Yeah. I, I need the, the queen is, I don't know. She sneezed. Her stomach's upset. <laughs> we're going to need your ancestor. <laughs> they stole them, ground them up, and more recently tagged them with graffiti. <laughs> to what end? Because people are dicks. Oh, that's a Banksy. <laughs> yeah. Today, the caves are protected sites. A handful are open for tourism, but an unknown number more are secret locations to try and protect them. That's nice. fair. Fire mummies. 
So Aztecs made mummies because when you sacrifice 500 or so people a year, you get kind of bored and need to try new things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we sat around the table playing poker one time. <laughs> we can buy the cure for death. <laughs> Aztec mummies were kind of lackluster compared to other cultures, and some historians think that they weren't intentional, but if you have thousands of corpses all over the place, some are going to get desiccated. I don't know why, but the Aztecs like to put their corpses in a sitting kind of fetal position. That's not a position bodies like to stay in. So how this would work was the body was scrunched up, then wrapped in a cloth with a mask on top, and finally lashed together with rope until they were sure it wouldn't unfold when they stopped looking. Seems sure. like so much effort. Yeah. An interesting side fact, the Aztec pictogram for death is one of these mummy bundles. Hmm. They want you to be as uncomfortable in death as you were in the last <laughs> few minutes of your life. Mummy dust. Yeah. So let's talk about the Guanajuato mummies. Have you heard of these? No. I have not. No? Right. Guanajuato? Guanajuato. I have not. A Guanajuato, sorry. Iguanas. <laughs> no. Let's talk about iguanas. New <laughs> subject. Well, around 1833 in Guanajuato, Mexico, there was an outbreak of cholera. As tends to happen at these times, lots of people died. Too many for the gravediggers to keep up with, so space was at a premium. To address this issue, and why not make a little money off of it, the government enacted a tax on grave plots. Eat me. <laughs> <laughs> this tax had to be paid annually. If a family failed to pay the tax three years in a row, up Grandma came. Eat me. Oh, damn. <laughs> Just drop her back off on your doorstep? Well, not quite. Just in case the family decided to pony up, the bodies were kept in an ossuary. If the families paid, they would rebury the corpse. This rarely happened. Due to the dry weather and the speed at which the bodies were buried, some of the bodies were mummified. And they were very creepy. <laughs> oh, no. The bodies started to stack up, and the government slowly accepted that the families weren't going to pay all the grave back taxes, so they decided to take another money-making approach. They opened the El Museo de los Mamias. Oh, what? The Museum of the Mummies. These mummies aren't neat and tidy like Egyptian mummies. Having dried out after being tossed in a hole, these mummies tend to be squinched up a bit in the skin around the mouth, which tended to pull back. As a result, the bodies look like they were writhing around inside their graves after being buried alive. Gross. Experts assure people that this isn't what happened, except for <laughs> Ignatia Aguilar, who had a rare condition that made it seem like her heart had stopped sometimes. Oops. When they opened her grave, she was face down and biting her arm and there was blood in her mouth. No! God. <laughs> Dead people don't bleed. But other than that, no one was buried alive. Probably. <laughs> when you said squinch up against the mouth, I thought they were making kissy faces. <sighs> no, they they like pull they pull back from their teeth, so it looks like they're screaming. Don't that's that's worse than what I thought. Stop it. <laughs> so, like the curator of this museum, mm -hmm. very cursed. Yeah, <laughs> possibly exceptionally cursed. Don't worry about those grave taxes. Your grandma's going to pay her own taxes now. <laughs> <laughs> And if you decide to visit, be sure to visit the world's smallest mummy, the fetus of a baby that was mummified inside its mother after she died of cholera. Mummified How inside. adorable. <laughs> Good news is it's already in the fetal position. Yeah, that's true. The Aztecs would love it. <laughs> Are you okay there, Hiccups? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's <laughs> a dumb joke. <laughs> Some of the oldest mummies in the world come from Chinchuro people of South America. They started mummifying their dead around 5000 BCE. Can you feel it now? <laughs> a couple of thousand years before the Egyptians. It was hot and dry there, so the bodies tended to dry out. Like lots of other places, people decided to just roll with it and speed up the process. Why not? These mummies were unique in a couple of ways. First, pretty much everybody got mummified. Making a mummy is a lot of work, so most cultures that do it save it for aristocrats or high-ranking religious figures. But these were communists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Communist mummies, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> But in Chinchuro, mummified men, women, children, and even miscarriages. Huh. Second, they did it in a weird way. When a person died, they were taken apart. Their skin was cut from their bones, their wow. organs were removed, and each component was dried out separately. That's not mummification. That's food storage. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Vacuum sealed. <laughs> I made leather. <laughs> yeah. Once good and dry, the body was put back together. If the body cavity was less full than it used to be, hair and vegetable fibers were used to fill up the space. I got some avocado leaves here, <laughs> yeah. like the rest of what we didn't eat. We'll just cover up that bald spot. <laughs> Honey, I made you a doll. Yeah. <laughs> Play with your sister. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, no. Once the skin was sewn back on, the body was covered in clay until it looked more or less like the person before they died. Sort of like a made-to-order sarcophagus. It's like a horrible artist reconstruction. Yeah. I've made a sculpture of your dead wife. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I meant with your dead wife. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. They did this for thousands of years, and as I said, everybody got mummified, so this is one of the most mummy-dense locations on Earth. <laughs> My God, the mummy readings are off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got a, a low-grade supervillain to talk about. Graham Hamrick was a farmer in Philippi, West Virginia, and he was obsessed with mummies. He wanted to see if he could do it himself. So he started working on a mummification elixir. Oh, no. no I... <laughs> Did he do much studying first? Uh, apparently. But he tested and refined it on fruits and vegetables. Then he moved on to animals. Ah, uh, mummy, a mummified navel orange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm Gramham. Yeah. Mummifier. <laughs> he went from smaller to larger mummifying snakes, cats, and dogs. And once he'd perfected his technique, he needed to try it out on a human. He bought a couple of corpses from a local woman's insane asylum and tested out his formula. It was a simpler time. <laughs> yeah. It worked great. So great, in fact, that the Smithsonian found out about the two mummies and offered to buy Hamrick's formula. We went in. Yeah. <laughs> we already have the, the spirit of St. Louis. <laughs> he refused to divulge his secrets. Before he could start infecting town's water supplies with his mummy formula, Hamrick died himself. Not mummified. Ironically. Yeah, I don't think he was. His two human mummies were, well, not well looked after. Oops. Some other farmer got a hold of them and kept them under his bed. Thank you. Oh, oh that guy's also creepy. More yeah. corpses under bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the place didn't come with a lot of closet space. Yeah. This mattress is lumpy. Look at that bed. He could fit two old mummies under there. What? <laughs> Just saying. 
One year, there was a flood, and the mummies got all waterlogged and squishy. Flowed down the river. (laughs) They were set out to dry, but they had started to mold. (laughs) On like a clothes hanger. (laughs) Flapping in the breeze. (laughs) An unnamed man was hired to demold them, and he did a pretty good job. The mummies were moved to a museum, but a few years later, that flooded as well, and the mummies needed to be demolded again. I think there's a curse following these mummies. (laughs) Yeah. They are currently on display in a very dry room in West Virginia, awaiting tourists and the next flood. Mount Mama. (laughs) This is, like, this is just two ladies. Yep. They were mummified. It's a heck of a story. Oh, he gave them a potion before, though. Yeah. (laughs) Or after? Yeah, were they dead first? Dead first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he gave them the potion. Yeah. So, mummies are dead people, and those should be treated with respect. But from beginning to end, mummies are not respected. It costs money to make and house them, and then people would rob their tombs and sell them. Then others would grind them up for medicine. Or paint. Yeah. (laughs) But in my opinion, one of the least respectful and most commercial ventures involving mummies was an idea hatched by Joseph Pettigrew in the early 1800s. Peter Pettigrew? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rat. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is that right? I think so. Pettigrew was a surgeon who was doing okay for himself. He was president of the Royal Humane Society and a professor at the Charing Cross Hospital. He had a probably unhealthy obsession with mummies, though. In 1836, he unwrapped and dissected a mummy for apparently scientific reasons. Not much to dissect there. No, not really. But this and a number of his other ventures got him fired. But he became known as the guy who would take apart a mummy while delivering some really interesting commentary. <laughs> oh, good. At least I'm known for something. The Mystery Science Year 3000 of mummies. <laughs> yeah. Shortly after, Pettigrew was invited to a fair to unwrap a mummy in front of an audience. And this became his thing. He huh. toured around, pulling apart mummies with vigor and talking about them at length. Look at the nose on this one. (laughs) If you were rich enough, you could even hire him for a private engagement where you would provide a mummy and Pettigrew would come to your house and tear it apart for you and all your friends. Like a party mummy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, this mummy's full of candy. (laughs) (laughs) These mummy unwrapping parties were the peak of decadence at the time, and many, many mummies were destroyed for their entertainment value. And at the end, you could eat the wrappings. Yep. Gross. And, uh... This guy became known as Mummy Pettigrew. <laughs> Mummy. And that was the last of the stories that I had. Anybody have any good mummy stories? I've seen some mummies in the Royal British Museum. Yeah. You're better than me. But that's pretty much it. Kelly and I went to an Egyptian exhibit in Washington, D.C. once that was so incredibly lame. Because uh, <laughs> it was like this big fake pyramid and you'd walk from room to room inside of it. And it was just empty room after empty room after empty room. And there were signs up that said, we could have put things here if it weren't for all the grave robbers. Is is oh, it the God. Smithsonian exhibit? Yeah, I think so. Because I've been there. Yeah. Basically said they stole it yeah. before we could. Yeah. We'll see that their houses. Well, but the, the thing about the Royal British Museum is that they have all these things because they stole them. Yeah. yeah they did steal it first. Yeah. Hi, these are ours. We're British. <laughs> we would have shown you, except somebody else stole it before we could. Yeah. This Mothonian was just bitter. Also, I'm mummified. Yeah. My name is Amenhotep. <laughs> <laughs> now that we know your true name, can we control you or something? 
We need well, the Book of the Dead. It depends on which universal monster movie you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if nobody has any more personal stories, we'll move on to what are your mummies worth. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. In the not too distant future, I'm sure, someone very close to you is going to die. How much to mummify the next significant person to die in your life? Could be your dog or it could be your dad. It's my dog. Well, no, it could be my dad. Yeah. <laughs> my cat is 18 years old. Yeah. My dog's only five years old. My dad is like 78. <laughs> was that in dog years? A lot. <laughs> That's like 78. I'm just picturing the dogs in Coraline. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to mummify them. Yep. You're going to do it. I mean, I'll give you a how-to, but you got to do the, the actual it's act. It's very respectful, though. It's as respectful as you want to be. Yeah, tell the cops that when they take you away. <laughs> it's just for, it was for science! Religion! It's basically royalty! <laughs> I love my dad! <laughs> slice, 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 slice. I have to finish removing his organs! <laughs> do we get to choose our mummification method? I mean, sure. If we're being honest, it's the, it's the chinchilla, and yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the burning method didn't sound too bad, I guess. You got to start that before they die, though. Oh, chills will go up like that. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> oh, God. He's become the dust he once rolled in. <laughs> Our tortoise is pretty much a mummy already. It's true. Yeah. But he's probably lowest on the list of things likely to die soon. I, I, have a, I have a younger tortoise than you do, and she will not eat yeah. because it's cold. Yeah, they do that. It's, it's going to have to be a lot of money. Yeah. Nope. It's just a chilla. Just five bucks. Your <laughs> the next one that's gonna die. It's me. And Andy's phone rings. Oh, Adam. Adam has some. some you have knowledge. to mummify yourself. If it was a loved one, like, oh God, five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be hundreds of thousands at least. If it was a pet, five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. <laughs> I don't want to do that either, though. I'm just gonna be safe regardless and say one million dollars. That's gonna oh, be yeah. traumatic for me. I need some good therapy. Yeah, it's going to be traumatic, this thing that you've known for so long, not to mention it's going to be super gross. That chinchilla's already gross. <laughs> Andy, all the poop that comes out of him constantly, you're going to find the source of that. <laughs> it was the chinchilla. <laughs> you open it up and it's the source of all poop. <laughs> <laughs> Endless poop coming out of that little ah, mummy. The pellets. I don't know. It's no fun when people or animals die, but like once they're dead, they're not them anymore they're it's just true. a big pile of meat so i don't think this bothers me that much i mean i'd definitely be sad when they died but i don't i don't think this is gonna bother me i uh, I, I do think the same way sean except that if i had to stare into your eyes as i had to cut you open <laughs> it would be a weird thing I mean, but it wouldn't be my eyes anymore i i left at that point and yeah, i'd be screaming did. at you in the background telling you to leave my husband Stop! alone <laughs> He wanted this, Kelly. <laughs> we had an arrangement. It would be traumatic, but it would also be really cool to like. Oh, his liver. That's what that looked like. Well, like to, yeah. no, to like to have mummified somebody, I guess, or to to know somebody that was mummified or something. <laughs> you know, I mummified my uncle once. <laughs> I would donate my body to be mummified if if. You know, don't donate my body to mummies. Yeah, yeah. To mummies. <laughs> Brains. <laughs> No, that's zombies. I'm going to oh. say 100,000. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think 100,000 sounds about right. I do that for 100 grand. 
And Andy's doing $5. 500000 or $5. <laughs> Quite a range. I'll give you seven fifty. Yeah. <laughs> we'll $750,000. Good. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for this week. Thanks to my co-host for joining me today. Thanks to Gerard, our amazing editor. And if you'd like to see more of us, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast. And if you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Reddit or email us at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, Mummy a Day keeps the doctor away. Bye. <laughs> good good nose blow. Sorry. It's fine. No, it's fine. I'm right there with you. You sure? <laughs> I dropped it on the ground. Now it's got dog hair on it. No, it doesn't. Just blow your nose in okay, it. Okay, give me a sec. <coughs> Sorry, Gerard. This is what these hankies are for. That's what they're for. And just keep on folding it in on itself until you can fit it in your pocket. Eventually it'll disappear if I do that. That's what it does. <laughs> I felt weird using hankies on on the campus, but eventually I was like, I'm not like I'm my nose is actively running. I need something. That's why your peers think you're so old. <laughs> no, they all thought I was twenty two. It's beautiful. That's because hankies is the new hit thing. Yeah, let's just go hang out on campus all the time and feel young again. <laughs> You won't. <laughs> <laughs>